Welcome to the Hard Rock Show Deep Cuts. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Mick. I'm Nikki. I'm Tim. I'm Dad. Yes, we are getting better at doing that. It's actually working <laughs> well. Um, as always, make sure you're following all of our social media channels. That's very important. Uh, and we also have a Patreon page. Any support you can give us via that platform would be greatly appreciated as well. Uh, a very special shout out to our wonderful sponsors in Squidding Screen Printing, Alt Cult, and Rockstar Finance as well. Please make sure you check them out, follow their socials, and all that sort of stuff because by supporting them, you're also supporting us too. Um, now, with the recent uh, near-death experience of community TV, we've been discussing and now we're finally going to start rolling out some sort of format idea changes and do something a bit different. And, and so this time we're talking in the context of THRS deep cuts and this is going to be something where each week we'll try and dig a bit deeper into things, have a bit of a theme associated to it or, or I don't know, try and go a bit deeper than just what's fresh and hot and current, so to speak, um, where we sort of get to go into the niche of it all a bit more. Um, so for tonight, we're going to cover a few things that tie into the theme of the month. Um, so the theme of the month is going to be solo or side projects. And to do that, we're going to go through our own personal top five uh, solo or side project records in our collections. Uh, then we're going to go through uh, a chat about the latest Ozzy Osbourne album. And we're also going to pay a bit of a tribute to Jay Pizzi, who passed away. Uh, a lot of people will know him from the local scene as being a member of Dead Star Renegade, for example, because we did a lot of them on the show over the years. So we're going to be covering a couple of the releases he's left behind. Uh, one is the Skullduggery EP from Quijibo and then the uh, Blackwing album from Dead Star Renegade. Uh, both those releases also have Jimmy on vocals, so <laughs> we're going to be doing a bit of a, a work on his uh, body of work as well, I guess. So before we get stuck in, how is everyone going? Is everyone keeping well? It's it's 2020 and COVID sucks, but how is everyone doing in general? Yeah, surviving, man. Um, yeah, like we was chatting about off air. Um, very chaotic in my life personally, but somewhat grateful, somewhat over it. So it's a it's that fine line and balancing everything like that. But um, it's actually good to see everybody again as a collective like this because I don't think I've seen you guys for. for probably three months. to five months really yeah. whenever we did that last filming um feels like three years ago really yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah no, it's good to be able to still connect in some way and then be doing this but yeah no um still here man yeah yeah could be worse could be better so. <laughs> nikki how about you I've been working at home for 19 weeks now and at the start it was amazing and I loved it and I'm definitely grateful. COVID has been good to me and I realise that a lot of people have had it really bad and for them, my heart, I, I genuinely feel there's so many horrible stories about what's going on out there. But personally, I've renovated three rooms in my house. I've lost 14 kilos and... It's actually been the best thing ever for me looking at myself and being isolated and, and really trying to improve myself. Um, going slightly crazy from working from home, but it's given me the break that I truly needed. So uh, the worst bit for me is not seeing my kids, not seeing my parents and not seeing my friends. That means you guys, obviously not going to gigs, but in the scheme of things, Compared to other people that have lost their jobs, their livelihoods, their businesses and the things that they're going through, I feel a little bit lucky and a little bit grateful, but I truly do feel for everyone that's hurting out there right now. Mm. 
Tim, how have you been keeping up, mate? Um, I'm built for isolation, to be honest. <laughs> I'm a very uh, introverted loner, so this is perfect for me. <laughs> oh, this is not a bad thing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've not had to do anything for months. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> As a silver lining and everything, eh? It's true. It's yeah. true. I, yeah, I'm still working on it, which is lucky. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right, to be honest with you. Cool. Dave, how about you? Because you've got kids in homeschooling too. Yeah. I, I can't complain. I'm still going to work. So Julia has to homeschool the both the kids. But so life is almost normal except for the homeschooling, but we just can't do anything fun on the weekend. So it doesn't break up the monotony all that much. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't complain. A lot of people are worse off than we are, so at least I'm still working. Yeah. <laughs> Wish I could go to a gig. Wish we could take the kids somewhere. Yeah, I think we're but around. A few more weeks and we might be easing some restrictions to get back to the normal. Here's my thing. If everyone keeps doing the right thing anyway, we'll, we'll soon find yeah. out. Yeah. How are you finding it, Andrew? Oh, it's got its ups and downs. I mean, it's, it's all right for me personally. I've picked up some work and so, you know, the financial side of things has, has been managed to haven't lost too much out of the whole set of circumstances. I think it's similar to what you were saying, Nikki, the hardest part is not being able to see the kids and, and, and see extended family. I've got a nephew I haven't even met yet. Um, haven't seen parts of my family since the wedding at the start of the year. So all that sort of stuff sort of is creeping in there. So it's six months at least that I haven't seen some of my family for and some for even longer than that. So it's, that's the hard part. Um, and yeah, like it's not being able to see our girls is a bit of a challenge too, but we do have the weekly chats to them. And so that sort of makes it work out. And generally speaking, we're home a lot more <laughs> and don't do much else. Missing music, missing the gigs. But I think the hardest part is um, for me personally is just monitoring how much social media intake you, you bother to immerse yourself in. I've just unplugged a lot from that because I think it's a bit of a cesspit to be honest. Yeah. You made such a valid point. The the one thing that has really messed with my head is actually social media. Mm. And as you guys know, I actually deactivated my Facebook account temporarily. Um, I absolutely respect that we don't all hold the same opinion and I'm open to different points of view, but the mudslinging and the shit fest and the fighting and the crap I've seen, if anything has actually mentally affected me during this besides not seeing my kids and my friends and my yeah. family. It's actually social media has actually messed with my head. I, I will say that. I think it has for all of us. I've The unfollow button is my best friend at the moment. I'm using that profusely. So. I kept quiet for weeks and weeks. I didn't say anything. And then a couple of days ago, I just let rip. I was like, yeah. no, I'm fucking <laughs> Oh, let's move on to some happier things. Let's have some fun with this. Um, so, so the happy part. What are you talking about? It's oh, okay. Well, man. it's all downhill from here, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be. let's see what happens when we start to go through our, our own personal top five of our solo record collections. And for this, I am going to throw to who am I going to go to first? Let's go to you, Tim. What was in your What's in your collection, your top five solo uh, project records? Well, I, I, don't, I don't have props. I still haven't unpacked from one, all my CDs from when I moved, like, you know, three years ago. <laughs> um, premise of this is we're supposed to hold them up and do, like, a show and tell. Yes, but... Um, oh, shoot. All right. 
the Killer Be Killed album. Okay, cool, yeah. It is like the quintessential side project. That is a good one. Four dudes getting together and making new music. And I think they only ever did one tour and it was of Australia. So it was cool. Um, The other similar kind of a side project, but the first two Down albums, again, dudes of a local scene getting together and putting something cool together. But the other sort of side projects that I liked where you had sort of other musicians that were famous from other bands going into other bands and sort of just doing a thing. Like, for example, Songs for the Death by Queens of the Stone Age with, of course, Dave Grohl on it. Uh, Black Label Society, Mafia, which was sort of a little breakout for Zach Wilde. And, again, if you look at the collection of musicians on that album, everyone's from something else. Yeah. And my other personal favourite is actually The Gathering by Testament. Okay, cool. With... um, Testament have always the earlier albums always kind of struggled for drummers. Yeah, never quite good. They never quite sounded good. This one they had Dave Lombardo from Slayer and Steve Giorgio on bass, and it really just uh, held the whole thing together. That's a fantastic album too. Cool. All right. So, what about you, Mick? What was in your top five? Um, well, I didn't pull them out for you. I didn't <laughs> realize I had to show them as well, but um. Obviously, Paul Stanley's Live to Win had come out in the mid-2000s where Kiss weren't recording any new music for quite a few years at that point in time. Um, And the fact that he went into the studio and and did an album, um, it has enough Kiss element in it, but it's also different to what Kiss is Mm -hmm. as well. And I really enjoyed that. It's a short album, but it's a good one. And it's something that I go back to regularly because it's the last time that I thought that he put some fantastic vocals on a, on a recording. Um, yeah. So the Paul Stanley's live to win is definitely one for me that a solo album or a side project. Um, also there's two Tony Iommi albums, but one in particular is called fuse that he did with Glenn Hughes also in the mid two thousands. Um, it sort of fell under the radar for quite a lot of people. Um, awesome album doesn't quite still has a sabbath-esque influence because obviously he's the guitar player of black sabbath so it's gonna you know wash over some of the other stuff but it has enough again difference to not quite sound like a black sabbath album in particular really really good album um enjoyed it a lot still i actually pulled it out the other day to have another listen to it and um Loved it. Thought it was great. Um, another one is uh, James Labrie from Dream Theater. Um, the album that I chose was Static Impulse. I really, really, really liked that album because he brought in some heavier vocals that goes with his melodic vocals. And I thought that really modernized the sound. The music is close to Dream Theater, but with that element, um, it really sort of took it to another level, I thought. Um, cool. Something I wouldn't mind hearing Dream Theater do, and I know they were doing it with Portnoy a little bit with the mm. sort of trading of vocals, but Portnoy doesn't really have the vocal element yeah. for that. Um, yeah, another one was, uh, and rest, rest in, uh, in peace, is uh, Janie Lane, um, yeah. back down to one. Um, cool. It, it was post Warren. So he was in and out of Warren at this point in time. It was early 2000s. And um, I actually come across it by just screwing around on Amazon one day. And it okay. says, if you like this band, you might like this. Yeah. And I saw it come up as a soul and I just bought it straight away because I love Janie Lane. Yeah. And um, another cool little album, um, different to Warren, but not 
too different where you go, well, what the hell is he doing? You know? Mm. So it was, it was a straight up rock album, really, really good album as well. And the last one for me, um, and this goes out to all the guitar players out there, yeah. Jeff Loomis. Um, ah, cool. Evermore. He, he did, I think one or two um, studio albums solo, like um, yeah. virtuoso stuff um, before he joined Arch Enemy. Uh, Zero Order Phase is okay, the album yeah. that I'm talking about in particular. Um, fantastic album. If you want to hear great metal riffs with shredding and, and just awesome production. And mm. yeah, if you're a metal head, like I didn't miss any vocals, you know, it was that good of an album musically that I, you know, sort of halfway through the album going, shit, there's no one singing on this album. I didn't even realize, you know, it was that good. Um, Last but not least, and I know I'm going into a sixth one, but I just <laughs> want to give a special mention to Sebastian Bach, Angel Down. Okay, um, cool, yeah. That is a fantastic album. Yeah. For any guys that are sort of like that 80s hard rock, stadium rock sort of stuff, and that was his comeback album, and I still yeah. think that's his best one he's done out of the three, you know, in Probably, recent yeah. times that he's done. Um, that is just a killer album, killer vocals, killer riffs. It's everything you want Skid Row to be doing and yeah. they're not doing. So, yep. um, yeah, they're, they're my top five with a special mention in there, man. So. <laughs> cool. Well, let's see if we can go to some props. Dave, do you have any props with you this time around? Of course I do. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Liquid Tension Experiment 2. Ah. Hey. A couple of them Dream Theater along with Tony Levin. Um, they did two albums and that's all they've done. And a lot of it was recorded and well, actually written and recorded within a couple of days. So it's just a very loose jam type thing, but yeah. you wouldn't think by listening to it that it was you know, written in a couple of days. But um, yeah, this one's a lot heavier than the first album. So I recommend that one. Cool. Next up, I thought Mick was going to pick it, but he went with a different one. This is the first James LeBray solo album. <laughs> Here we go. Almost. Yeah, this one's really cool. It's like like Mick said, almost dream theater, but slightly different angle on it. And yeah, he belt out the vocals on this. Drum sound is cool on this one too. Yeah, cool. Okay, next up, Blackstar Riders. Ah, very nice. I love this band. What Finn Lizzy became with mm. new singer. But um, as close as you're going to get to some new Finn Lizzy sounding music. But yep. also they made it on their own, their their own band now. They're cool. They're underrated, those those guys. Ooh, love them. I think they've got a new album coming out very soon. I believe so, yeah. They're pretty productive too. Yeah. yeah. Be surprised if I didn't pick it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great album. might be the biggest selling debut album of all time. This is the biggest selling debut in a single weekend. Yeah. Holds that, that record. It's a great record, that one. The shame the second one sucked balls. Not as good as the first one. No, we're near it, man. They let fucking that dickhead Wyland do stuff with it, and they should never let him fucking write a thing. Fucking idiot. Something completely different. Dave Gilmore. Ah, very cool. But this is a fantastic album, start to finish. Love this album. Very cool. All right. So, Nikki, you're up. Hello. I do have some props. Um, first one I'm going to put out to the Hard Rock Show viewers. My first number one all-time favourite side project, I do not have on vinyl, I do not have on CD. 
I lost it in the great divorce of 2004. <laughs> so I'm putting it out there. Particularly interested in the vinyl. If anyone can hook me up with Andy Taylor and Thunder, wow. fucking inbox me. I need it. I want it. I have to have it. <laughs> I have it on digital format, but it's not quite the same. So yeah. um, guessing Hell, that eBay, maybe they'll, they've got it or Discogs or something. Have you tried those two platforms? Oh, that would involve effort, Mick. I'd rather just put it out to the hard rock show viewers. If anyone has, in particular, vinyl of Andy Taylor Thunder, fucking sign me up. Otherwise, I might have to just get off my ass and do some research. Number two, Mick. Think you might like this one? That's okay. I'm going to fucking marvellous and I don't have to explain it Tonight You Belong To Me what a song fucking but the whole album is amazing Mm. number three we have talked about this on the show before and sorry if I've stolen your thunder Andrew but it is absolutely fantastic that would be slapped so many so many guest artists so many oh so many amazing songs. So yeah. slash the number three. I was on the short list for me. Didn't quite get in. Ah, number four. I am surprised no one's mentioned it already, but maybe before the end of this episode, someone will. David Lee Roth, Eat em and Smile. Absolute classic. Everyone Love. loves that one. And number five, I'm probably going to go In the Bin by a many of you of this show. And I stand by my decision and I'm okay with that. Yes, this is a hard rock show. Yes, we're about rock and metal and all the good shit. But this is something I loved. And in The Great Divorce of 2004, which I referenced earlier, there was one album I just couldn't sell. And this is Michael Hutchins with a side project called Max Hugh. And it might not be rock or metal, but I fucking love it. And, you know, each to their own. But I've absolutely put that in my top five and I'm so grateful that I kept this record and it's one I just couldn't part with. So I lost some amazing records in that divorce, but um, this one was all me. Martin didn't want a bar of it. Thanks, Martin. (laughs) (laughs) I did have quite a few in my list. Now, Jodie's over here sneezing and stuff and she was mentioning something to me before. Was there one you wanted to jump in here and, and mention? No? Nothing at all? All right, cool. Well, I'll go with mine then because I'm pretty sure that number five from my list will be one that she'll enjoy anyway. This is 6am. This is going to be... It's a really cool album, this one. There's a lot of songs in this. And this is one of those ones that I can enjoy because me, Jody, and all the kids really enjoy this album too. So it's one that's really special for... Which album is it from 6am? This is going to hurt. Ah, boom. Probably the strongest of them overall, but every album they've done has some really solid stuff on this. Oh, for me, it's still a debut. That Heroin Diary soundtrack just fucking okay. Yeah, no, that is a ripper. That's in the collection too. I just yeah. haven't ripped it up for this one. Which uh, one no. are you with me now? That's my favourite. Whatever has okay. that song. Prayers for the Damned or the Blessed. Yeah. Nah, it's on this too. Nah. No, it's on this one actually. There you go. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay, well, there you go. It's on, it's on, my favorite. It's on one of the albums. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up for me is A Perfect Circle. Um, oh, yes, Andrew, yes! Um, this is really cool. Uh, the song Judith was what hooked me onto this album, and from there I got stuck right into it. This is a very cool, probably the, I would say this is definitely the strongest release from this band. 
but I no. love it. I go back to it very often. Um, moving on from that is a band or an artist that I absolutely love, and I've loved this ever since it came out, and it's always one of my favourite Halloween ones, and that's Rob Zombie, Hellbilly Deluxe. <laughs> I really love this record. It never gets old for me. I know that not everyone likes this, but fuck, I love it. It's fantastic. Um, moving into different territory, yes, this is going to be covering something we've done before, and that is Slash, but this is a very special Slash release. This is Slash live in Australia, August 2010 at Festival Hall. This is actually a recording of a gig that I went to. So what you did was you pre-bought it at, before the show started, and then you queued up once the set was done to go and get this. And it's a double CD, sounds great. The, the PA shat itself on like the second song or first song of the night and that is caught on this. So it's a live mix as, that was done on the night. As tended to happen at Festival Hall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but this was, this was really cool. So it's one of, one, one of those ones where those experiences where you know you were there and, and everything that happened, it's like that trip back in time. That's why it's very cool. I have a um, feeling that bands are going to do more of that once things get back to normal. I would love to see more of it. I reckon... Yeah, you know, I think that's a great idea and, yeah. and, it's a, and a good way to make some money, you know, so... They sold, like, people were queuing up for hours. Well, it took, like, an hour or more to get out of there after the gig was done. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. CD. Totally worth it. That's amazing, Andrew. You can't put a price on a gig you were personally at. That yeah. is... Sensational. I know it's logistically challenging, but especially these days, you think that could do it a bit easier too, because this is done in 2010. So this is 10 years old and I was doing that. So I'd like to see more of that, please. And the last one is a real curveball. This is something that I genuinely love. And the Hard Rock Show crossover, this is a Phil Lynott is actually on this album. That is Jeff Wayne's Musical War of the Worlds. Yeah. Really out there pick, but I love this. This is like a yes. it's it's fantastic. For me, it's um I'm an avid reader. Jody and I both have something like six hundred or no, how many books now, babe? Something like a thousand? Coming up to eight hundred. Eight hundred books nearly, um, in our collection so far, which we only intend on growing. We both love reading and so this is like that perfect crossover between music and the classical music background that I had and, and the literature environment too. So this is a very well done version and I've only found out recently there's a re like a modernised version that he did a few years ago and he's also done one for Spartacus. So I'm going to go and check those out as well. <laughs> but those are my top five in my collection. Uh, for those of you watching out there doing this, then let us know in the comments, wherever you're watching this one, what your top five records or albums, whatever in your personal collection are that are from Solo Aside Projects. Now we're going to get into the review side of what we're doing here tonight. So we're going to move along and we're going to go to a little tribute to um, Jay Pizzy. We're going to start off in that regard and we're going to go way back to Quijibo. I think it's appropriate to go to the start. Um, so Quijibo, Skullduggery. Uh, this is five tracks for about 25 minutes. Uh, from memory, this is the one and only official release. I'm pretty sure it is Jimmy and Tim. If I'm wrong, then please correct me. Not, not our Tim, a different Tim. Uh, <laughs> um, there is a 96 Life demo, which is supposed to be the follow-up to this, which I have on digital, but it was never officially released, I believe. Uh, this is produced by the band and recorded at Studio 52, was engineered and mixed by Trevor Carter and was released in 1994 as an independent release. Uh, we are going to go to Nikki first. So, Nikki, was this one a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or about right? Where does this one sit for you? It's an about right for me. Yep. Um, interestingly, I had marked it higher 
And then I took it down a few marks. And I will explain that later in this show. It will make sense why I did that. Yep. But for me, I like the album, definitely. Like, oh, for me, I'm a guitar chick. If anyone knows me at all, I'm about a riff and a lead and blah, blah, blah. So it definitely had the licks for me, which got me straight in. But what I really want to say to people is don't be sucked in by the guitar and the vocals. Listen to the fucking lyrics. The mm. lyrics are actually surprisingly deep. If you actually delve into the songs, they're quite amazing. So that was pretty cool. On this album, in my humble opinion, they say the best song to last. The last song, I think it's Fragile Heart. I hope I have that right. Um, it's yeah, got a Fragile bass solo too. If you're a fucking bass person, you fucking yeah. listen to that song. It's like, wow. Yep. Um, so I think it's a good album. I think it's very raw. I think the lyrics could get lost if you don't actually take the time to pay attention to them. I think they need more. No, I don't think they need more. I think the lyrics are great. I think yeah. they could be overlooked by the musicality of it. I've given it a 7 out of 10. I did absolutely like it, but I will explain later why I marked it down, but yeah. I can't say for now why. So that's it from me, Andrew. Okay. Dave, what did you think of this one? I've heard you guys talking about Jimmy's band, but I had never been able to hear this before, so this is my first time hearing it, and yeah. I loved it. Cool. So it wasn't disappointed at all. Um, yeah, like Nikki said, the lyrics are outstanding. There's a lot of really good stories in these. Um, be interesting to talk to Jimmy about some of the inspiration behind these songs. Mm. His vocals are really good on this too. And yep. um, also, as you know, I'm a guitarist, so the guitar tone and both clean and dirty is pretty cool throughout this. Um, there's some very good backup harmonies in um, Storm, yeah. Storm Breaker. Yeah, that yeah, was one. Storm Breaker. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Really complimented the actual overall well, main vocals. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely loved it. It was a good EP and I give it 7 out of 10. Cool. All right, so Mick, over to you. I had no idea this was a Jimmy's side project until yeah. five minutes ago. So <laughs> I couldn't even say the band name. I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, the Simpsons reference. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even realise. So um, there you go. But what it reminded me of was... Uh, and then this is elements of um, 70s era Judas Priest in both okay. the musical sort of straightforwardness yeah. and some of um, now that I know it's Jimmy, um, his vocal approaches sounded mm. like a very young Rob Halford in spots when he would use the lower register yeah. uh, in, on the early, early, early Priest era stuff. Um, yeah, I thought it was decent. I, I, I didn't mind it at all. Um, it had, a, 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 I guess, a light punk element because it was kind of loose in the riffing and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but it also reminded me of a band called The Organization, which was done by members of Death Angel when they broke up for a period of okay. time. Okay, yep. So if you know that project, that short-lived project, fuse that with what I said earlier, and that pretty much gives you Quidgibo. Is that how Yeah, Quidgibo. Yep. Quidgibo, all right. There, <laughs> there we go. I, even, even when I look at it, I still don't even know how to fucking say it. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, no, I thought it was a solid um, sounding EP. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, the standouts for me were Today, Land, and Fragile Heart with you, Nick. So, yeah. Nice. All right, Tim, thumbs up, thumbs down. Where do you land on this one? Oh, uh, thumbs, thumbs up too, yeah. by the way. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, thumbs up. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I, uh, I've known of Quidgy Bo. <laughs> Never actually listened to them. 
But uh, the, yeah, the, 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 as has been mentioned, the guitar tone is a real standout for mine. Yeah. But what's, I, I didn't know how, I didn't know this was made in 1994. Yeah, 94. So that's, that's, that's quite, that's actually quite good mm. as well for, for an EP in uh, 94. Well. It yeah. turned out really well. Um, great solid performance, good musicality throughout the whole thing. Everything sits very well. Love the guitar tone, love the songs, love the, love the, the, uh, the interplay between the lead licks and the and Jimmy's vocals, yeah, yeah. everything you know works very nicely, and they kind of play off of each other very nicely. So yeah, yeah. again, as has been mentioned, Fragile Hearts probably my favorite song. Wow, cool. Um, yeah, eight out of ten. Nice. It's it's actually funny for me because I know a lot of the history of this. Obviously, um, obviously, it's a thumbs up for me. I'm going to give it a massive thumbs up or a horns up. What are you going to do? Um, this is very cool. But the the history of this one is it's funny hearing Fragile Heart being such a, a standout um, vote to you was because at the time this band was going around and later on when they were following through with Dead Star Renegade, the the fan favorite was actually Stormbreaker. So that's it's really cool to hear a different take. On that song was amazing, though, Andrew. Yeah. That's that a good song too. Yeah. It's just, it's just. I, I, from my like internal sort of like being in the bubble a little bit with this band, you you sort of hear about Stormbreaker now. It's it's just really cool to hear another song being really highly regarded. Like it's very very cool. I actually really enjoy their take on things. Um, very much from the early nineties. It's got that bit of underground vibe, which is really cool, and it's aged pretty well for an independent EP release in nineteen ninety four. I think it's just aged really, really well. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's very cool. The band's a little bit green, which you know you expect, um, but overall, very nice performances. Uh, you can see some strong foundations being laid with this EP, and you know when you get into sort of Dead Star later on that the the core elements are there, and that crosses over a bit on that but it was very cool to see the the foundations on this ep which would follow through later on um production the overall tones and that are, are pretty much about right for this um i did like the little bits of effects used on this there's some yeah. ear candy and stuff on that there were some very cool little touches put into this nothing over the top but it's just a nice even mix overall as well uh, I did get to see Dead Star play Stormbreaker live once. I forget exactly which gig it was, but I did get to see it was a launch of some kind. It might have been the Blackwing video launch. It was? Okay, Joe's telling us it was. Um, they played Stormbreaker that night, and that was very, very cool. Um, so for me, that was a treat. Uh, musically, this has overall, it's, it is the early night, so you've got the, the angst and the darkness, the lyrics go in with that as well. Um, the riffs and the vocals are the focus, but it, the only knock on it in that regard does get a touch muddy at times. But again, it's independent EP from 1994, and if that's the critique I've got, that's me being really damn picky. Like it's, it doesn't take anything away from the listen at all. Um, I like how there's nice gear shifts and mood changes across the EP, and, and overall, it's a bit of a longer song to make for a longer EP. I mean, the average track length is somewhere near the five minute mark. Um, but it's really cool and I got the peaks and troughs in there. So it's a really good listen for that almost half hour. It doesn't get boring at all. I think for me, like it was a pleasant thing to, like I know it well, but it's nice to go back to it and do it in this process. Never talked about it on the show before at all. Um, so for me, it, it, while it's not like, you know, a barn burner of an EP kind of thing, it's still very, very good. And for me, very important because of what does come next. Uh, I still think it's well worth listening to. If you can get a, a hold of it, Please, guys, I'd recommend putting it up on digital platforms now. If you're not interested in making money, just get it out there, at least on YouTube. I think it's well worth putting out just for people to check it out. Um, 
but if you can get a get a, a hold of it then do so and if you can see it either now or on the on the screen the artwork i thought was very very cool yeah totally and, and back where you got the the, the faces imposed on the skeletons you guys will see digitally later on uh, for me i got a seven out of ten i picked stormbreaker and land so i think between all of us we pretty much covered the entire ap which makes it very good and very strong so that's where we land with that so now i guess in terms of this little tribute or i guess focus on jay and the work we've gotten to know of him over the years it's time to move on to blackwing from dead star renegade uh, it's 10 tracks for 42 minutes. Uh, the debut album and the only album from Melbourne Band released independently in 2011, uh, produced by the band and Ricky Ray, recorded at Light Hill Sound Studios. Uh, this album sees Jay, Tim and Jimmy from Quijibo join forces again on this one with some new members. Um, this is the band's only official release, though they did have some other singles, I think, sort of in the works when it all went under. Uh, and the lineup that's was Dead Star Renegade. So the lineup changed from this album toward the end of it, and that lineup now is most of what is in Sonic Circus. So there's been a, a theme moving through the years with this band. What it sounds like to me is Jimmy's very hard to work with. <laughs> like the new Sebastian Bach or something. Where nobody well, wants to play. Love, that. He loves Sebastian, so, you know, that's a compliment, Mick. Yeah, I know, but nobody wants to play with Sebastian either unless he pays them. So. I'd play with Sebastian, Mick. I would, I would pay to play with Sebastian. I bet you you would, Nikki. So. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and your underwear is all right. Okay, Tim, we'll throw Valley it to you Asian. first. <laughs> Baby powdered <laughs> underwear. So, yeah. Tim, what did you think of it? Thumbs up, thumbs down, about right? Where are you at with it? Uh, somewhere in between a thumbs in the middle and a thumbs up. Ooh. And this was good. So he's doing As that. a collection of singles, I thought this was fantastic. I thought there were 10 very good songs on here. I think once you put them all together and listen to them in one go, I thought it lacked a little bit of ebb and flow. Okay. And it was wow. a little bit, yeah. For me, yeah. As if, you know, uh, they were sort of consistently at around like a nine. So they sort of left themselves no headroom to go. Okay. And it never really went anywhere after that. It didn't really come down either. Okay. So as a, as a collection of 10 songs, I thought they were 10 great songs, but in a, in a big block, I thought it was a, yeah, a little bit monotonous. Okay. Yeah. All right. But yeah, Tommy Gunn's my favourite song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, seven. Yes. Cool. All right. So Dave, where do you sit with this album? I'm definitely up. Yep. Yep, and completely different opinion to Tim. I thought it had great flow throughout the album. <laughs> I thought there was great collection of diversity. The songs were, there was some heavy stuff. There was a little bit of mellow, mellower stuff with time standing. There was some groovy stuff. The band really locks in sometimes, and you get not just your average heavy rock, but you get some actual rhythmy, groovy stuff, which was cool. Yeah. Um, once again, Jimmy's lyrics are really cool, and his vocals are outstanding all the way through this. Um, he sent me a copy of this CD four or five years ago and it didn't leave my car for weeks. Mm. Just listening to it, driving to and from work. Um, yeah, nice balance of songs, good flow. The band plays really well together all the way throughout. I wish I had got to see them live. Which didn't is, you see them live? Never got to see them live, no. I've seen Sonic Circus live, but not Dead Star Renegade. Yeah. Oh, 
But yeah, I give this 8 out of 10. And I've got a bit of a list of favourite songs. I'm Born to Lose, Time Standing, Blackwing, The Serpent, which is awesome, and Out of My Head. Yeah. Ooh. Nice. All right, Nikki, follow that up. Is it thumbs up, thumbs down? Where are you at? Oh, I'll fucking follow it up, all right. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. <laughs> all right, so I've got two statements to make. First statement, fucking 10. Outstanding album. Um, I was on a thread earlier today and we're talking about Roxas's Night Street and we're saying okay. what an epic album that was. I'm sorry, motherfuckers, but please go and listen to this. This mm-hmm. is absolutely right up there. And I'm going to take Dave's comment about the diversity of tracks. What I really like in the comments I've made about it, which I should probably read my notes, but I don't even <laughs> need to really. I don't even need to read them. Um, there's a lot of diversity in this album. I don't think any two tracks sound the same. I think they're incredible. If you really close your eyes and listen to it and listen to the licks and listen to Jimmy's vocals and listen to the lyrics, there is so much going on. And the reason why I downmarked Quidjibo, which is probably unfair because they're not 100% the same band, mm. is because when you listen to this and you listen to how much Jimmy's voice has grown, my good God, the vocals on this are incredible. Now, I think we all know I'm a massive JVZ fan. I love Jimmy, blah, blah, blah. But if I listen to Quidjibo, it's good. I like it. This is fucking outstanding. I I cannot fault this album. Like Tim, my favourite song is actually Tommy Gun. Very I think cool. it's incredible. I like Time Standing. That is one of my all-time ever favourite ballads. And yeah, I'm being right. right up there with Firehouse, Love of a Lifetime, right up there with Skid Row, I Remember You. It's right up there with all of them. Mm. That song is fucking incredible. Title's also another great song. You know what, I could sit there and wax lyrical about the whole fucking album. I think it's incredible. Um, I will say, Jimmy, if you remember this, if you're watching, you promised Wayne and I that you would sing at our wedding on the basis of this album. Wayne Hauser, who is a massive supporter of our show and a beautiful human being, I'm sure this would be in his top five albums of all time. Um, Wayne and I... We connect on a thousand levels, but we particularly connected on this album. Yeah, and your favorites. 100%. The whole album is absolutely outstanding. I'm not even joking. I give it an 11 out of 10. I truly cannot fault this album. I think there is diversity in all of the songs. No two songs sound the same. You've got guitars, you've got vocals, you've got so many different things going on. I've always been a lyrics girl. I've very much been about what is the message behind the song and I would like a shit-sounding song if the words are amazing. I just think this is incredible and it's it's annoying because we know Jimmy. I, I kind of mm. wish I didn't know Jimmy. I wish I could say this without knowing the dude. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking outstanding. And if you haven't listened to it, please fuck that. Unfuck that. Get on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of fucking shit up, uh, Mick, your turn next. Where are you at with this one? I am. I am a thumbs up. Yeah. But um, this might be to unpopular opinion, but I thought some of the vocals weren't the right vocals in some spots of the songs. I thought some of it was, um, for lack of a better term, sometimes the oversung in spots, um, whereas. Quidgy Bow, I thought it, it sat within the music a lot better. 
yep. sure enough, it was a more straightforward style of music. But um, yeah, some of the vocal approaches, I don't love them and I don't hate them. But overall, as a package, I mean, production, it's light heel. You can't really go wrong. Um, it sounds great. Um, the diversity was cool, but also some bands do diversity well. Some bands, it's almost, it put, detracts away from the stronger stuff. Yeah. I would have thought this would have been better as an EP. Okay. Because um, it does, some of the songs I find are really strong and some are kind of in the middle. Um, yeah. But they definitely can play and they'll definitely... Um, were expanding it i guess the worst part about it is there wasn't another album or two to see where they were going to go because um the diversity is a good thing to start off with because that way you can move wherever but yeah. with the one album it's sort of like you, i like stuff more than other things yeah. um but having said that it's it should have been on commercial radio it was good yeah. enough like this should have been a triple m type fucking rock album that they should have been playing yeah. you know um it fits well it does fit right in their wheelhouse really i, I would think um now and like then a, sorry now and then at the time it was released. yeah yeah absolutely because yeah. i mean it's triple m that another no other rock album come out after 95 so this would have, <laughs> you know would have been new music now and back then so um <laughs> I gave it a seven out of 10. I still yeah. think it's very good. I, I still yeah. enjoyed it. I'm glad I got a copy of it. Um, the highlights for me was Supersonic. Uh, Blackwing oh. is by far my wow. favorite song on that album. Nice. Um, and One More Time, I really dug. But yeah. there was Tommy Gunn and a few others that were mentioned that are quite good as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's almost impossible for me to not be biased with this, so I'm going to declare that off the bat. But um, Dead Star were the first local band to get behind what the Hard Rock Show was doing back in 2011. So I remember the first time I met Jimmy was at the launch of the album, I believe, was the first time I actually met Jimmy. Um, and he's walked up, we're walking around back, like moving cameras and stuff. I think I have some footage from that night that I should try and dig out from the archives. But... Um, he was wandering around and he just walked up and gone, Hard Rock Show guys, to me and Shane. And that's how we just started talking. And so from there, it's it's been this history, almost like pretty much as long as the show is what this album has sort of stuck with me for. And I've enjoyed it then. I love it now. Um, and it's cool. The coolest part for me is that with everything we listen to, I don't get to go back very often to albums that I really love and just go and revisit them again. And this is one of those ones that was cool to go back to. And it's when the songs have stayed with you and you sort of pick up where you left off and you just keep singing along with them again after not listening to it for however long you haven't forgotten anything. For me, that's a mark of a really good album for mine. I love the songs. I love the mix. Like you can't go wrong with the mix. It's been yeah. um, And the performances are fantastic for me. The difference between this and the Quijibo EP is for me, maturity, um, more years, more experience. Um, it's all sort of more streamlined. Uh, everything, you can see the effort that went into this and for me it worked i loved the writing and production the space um there's a lot of depth on this i thought there was great craft um and it needs to be on streaming platforms i know it's on youtube but i'd like to see this actually get on to even more so than could you but i'd like to see this one get on to things like spotify app music all sorts of i think if this is out there people could enjoy this one now for for what it is um, I think it's a solid, just hard rock record. Um, it's all little things like that go into production. There's little effects. There's bits of there's tricks in the writing. 
uh, the layering in there. It's just a good, solid hard rock record that has substance. Um, and if you saw this live, there was a lot of fun to be had in this one too. Seeing this band live was a treat. Jimmy and the boys was fantastic. Um, there are some genuine belts on this, like The Serpent is one of my all-time favourite songs from this record, but the ballads on this are fucking amazing as well. Uh, this had those peaks and troughs that I really enjoy on it. And like I said, I know that I'm biased, but the riffs, the gear changes are cool, and after all this time, I still love this record. Um, I know so many of the stories of the production and how this album came about, but the little the can crack at the start of Out of My Head is one of those little moments where it's like, okay, cool, because I know that it wasn't actually a beer can. It was a, a can of Solo or Fanta or something like that. It was the only thing mm-hmm. I had lying around. It was sitting in a hotel room or something. I don't know what it was. It wasn't even an alcoholic drink, but it was just they got that, that one can to get it with and they got it right first go. Um, I don't know. It, it, the funny thing listening to it now is that you can hear with, especially with Light Hill over the years of doing this, the the techniques and sounds and styles and stuff have improved over the years. So there's actually a little bit of a, an age on this album now. Um, but it's only a, a small thing, and it, but I, I think that it's um, still very, very cool. It was just funny to note that there was just a, a touch of age to it, but I thought it was a good sort of sign of things, not a bad thing. Um, I think if you like Hard Rock at all, this is one you've got to check out. For me, it's 10 out of 10. I love this record. Um, I picked The Serpent, Time Standing, Tommy Gun my three top favourites on this, but then anything and everything else depending on your mood because whatever mood you're in, you'll find something on this record to enjoy for mine. So that's us. That's our little uh, nod to Jay Pizzi's work from what we've known over the years with the Hard Rock Show. So thank you to you for leaving these bits of work with us to enjoy for many, many years to come. And again, our condolences to his family, friends, bandmates and all that sort of stuff as well. On to happier things, though. It's time to get on to the new album for this week, and that is going to be tying in with our theme of the month in solo or side project records. And there is no or very few solo artists that can claim the uh, notoriety, I guess, than uh, that Ozzy Osbourne can command. So we're going to talk about Ordinary Man, uh, the new one from this year, 11 tracks for 49 minutes, the 12th studio album from the iconic metal vocalist, Uh, Released February 2020 by Epic, uh, produced by Andrew Watt and Lewis Bell. This is his first solo album in almost 10 years. There was a Black Sabbath album in there uh, and has quite the ensemble of musicians on this. I'm not going to bother rattling them off. There's heaps there. Dave, what did you think of it? I love this album. I was a bit hesitant when I heard it because I knew it's not going to be what you expect because Zach Wilde is not it. He's been such a staple for so long with Ozzy. They're like that. But um, this man's on there. Duff McKagan, which is always cool. <laughs> I knew you'd pick up on that. Yeah. And one of the guys from the Chili Peppers, I think. I'm not really a Chili Peppers fan, but yeah, he's a damn fine guitar player. Yeah. Um, you, once you get used to it, you don't really miss Zach, which is kind of horrible to say. But um, it's a different type of album for Ozzy because it's kind of, you know, it, it's pretty much a goodbye. It's probably going to be his last one and it's very reflective in a lot of parts. He's actually planning on doing another one this year, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, never say never with Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's because we're in lockdown. He's got nothing else to do, and that was pretty much <laughs> That was true. He came out and said, if I, if I was touring, it would be my last tour for sure. But because yeah. we don't know when we're going to do that, he goes, I might as well do another album now. So Yeah, yeah. makes uh, sense. But yeah. yeah, lyrically, there's lots of themes where he's looking back over his life. I mean, there's a bit of reference to other songs throughout there. Um, the video clip for Under the Graveyard, 
that is pretty fantastic. I haven't checked it out yet. I've got to look at that. Oh, man, you've got to check it out. It's got a young person playing Aussie and a young Sharon. It's kind of like after he oh, left wow. Sabbath, he was in the hotel room just trying to slowly kill himself. Yeah. It kind of reflects that era. Wow. So, yeah, okay. it's gone brilliantly. So, well, we're fit now. Um, it's really well recorded. There's great sounds throughout. Um, like I said, reflective. It's definitely his most personal album. There's a, a, yeah, a couple of little experiments, a couple of feels to some of the music that you wouldn't really expect from Ozzy, which I really like. Um, Today is the End was one of those ones that I felt just pretty cool. Um, Elton John appears on there, which I think is a fitting collaboration, actually. They yeah. work really well together. You get the whole Elton John vibe and you got the Aussie vibe. And I thought that was really well done. Um, Post Malone is on there, so the less you say about that blanket, the better. It definitely did not sit well with me. But apparently he's the reason this album kind of exists because he had Ozzy debut on one of these songs. So Ozzy was inspired to work with that producer. I believe that's how the story goes. So I don't want to credit uh, him, but whatever. But, um, <laughs> I give this 8 out of 10. I love this album. Under the Graveyard, Goodbye, Ordinary Man, Today's and Scary Little Green Man. Um, not his best album, but definitely up there with some of his best. Cool. All right, Mick, follow it up. Where'd you land on this album? Yeah, for me, every artist has um, good or bad moments throughout their careers. Yep. Um, and this one for me is a weaker album, a, a okay. weaker uh, effort. Um, I'm, I wasn't fussed about Zach being on the album. To be honest with you, I didn't want Zach to be on the album because I think he uh, he needed fresh mm. blood guitar-wise. Yep. And I was hoping Gus G would be on it again. That would have been awesome, actually. I actually loved Scream, and I know a lot of people didn't like that album, but that was exactly what I wanted Ozzy to do again. The mm. production was good. The thing that bugs, bugs me big time is the production of this album. I don't like it at all, um, and I really think it hurts the songs. Okay. Ozzy yeah. needs that pristine, sleek, big, in-your-face, for lack of a better term, for those, you know, a Pantera-esque production where it just hits your balls at a wall. Yeah. This doesn't have that. I don't like the way the drums were captured. Um, having said that, the, the playing is fantastic. Like some of the guitar solos is what saves the songs for me. Wow. But, um, for me, it's the weakest effort he's done since Down to Earth. Um, okay. I, like now, I thought that was another album that was sort of a run-of-the-mill album because Ozzy's solo stuff's so good that when it's off, it's off in a big way for me. Okay. So, uh, stuff after Down to Earth was quite good. And then this is another one where I go, <sighs> 10 years between albums and, mm. and this is what you could come up with. Um, it sounds phoned in. Um, I don't really okay. find that everybody collectively was in there. It's almost like isolation happened before this you know, on this album before actually huh? isolation happened. It just doesn't feel like a band. Um, I feel like Ozzy's really struggling vocally. Um, there is some cool hooks on it and you get that because he's got a melodic vocal, but um, yeah, I struggled to, I bought it straight away and I, I it was back in the CD case within two days. I, I got wow. nothing out of it after about three listens. Um, That's a shame. 6.5 out of 10 for me. So it's, it's one of those middle fucking mm. things for me, thumb-wise. Um, Under the Graveyard is a great song that Dave mentioned. Uh, I haven't seen the video, but I'll, I'll just go with Dave and say it's a good video. Um, <laughs> Scary Little Green Men, I like that song too. Yeah. And Eat Me was another one that I liked. But it, when I say I liked it, I like parts of it. 
there's yeah. other parts of in within the song where it's just like, yeah, you could have done better than that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Nikki, what did you think of it? Oh, me. Okay. I was, I was disappointed with this. I what? listened to it with no prior knowledge. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because my favourite songs were actually the um, Scary Little Green Man and Under the Grave, so they've already been mentioned. Mm. I was surprised by all the feature artists like Post Malone and Elton John. Ordinary Man was actually a great song on the title track. Yep. I, I don't know. This just didn't do it for me. It's not an album I'll revisit very often. And, and I'm a massive Aussie fan. Like, I, I love the guy. Um, it was a little bit same-same for me. I didn't feel there was a whole bunch of variety. There was a lot of ballads in there. Ballads are great. I love ballads, but... I don't know. Those ballads were being recycled. He's done those types of ballads on previous. Yeah. Like it's set the same form formula in the format was for me. It was like I've heard this before. You know. Yeah. Maybe that's why I was underwhelmed. There was nothing new that caught me. So as I said, scary little green man. Goodbye was a good song. Under the graves a great song. Um, ordinary man was okay. I don't know. For me, it was a bit of a meh. Um. And I'm disappointed in that because I'm a massive Aussie fan. I, I truly do respect the man. So I will give it a 6 out of 10. I, I really don't think I'll be going back there in a hurry at all. Okay. All right. All right, Tim, <laughs> what do you think of this one? This is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like it, I know you had a lot to say about this one, so let's get into it. Yeah, back up your comments, buddy. Yeah, man, it's depressing to listen to this, knowing how sick this guy is. Yeah. And then sort of listening to his lyrics. Like, it's like like he's writing his own obituary. Yeah, his own eulogy. Eulogy? It's very hard to listen to. At the same time, I'm sure it was very therapeutic for him. And I'm sure he needed to get it out. And I respect him for doing that because I wouldn't have had the balls to do that. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's hard, man. Because, I mean, I know he wants to do another album, but, I mean, he's, he's got Parkinson's. He may not be able to talk by the time this album comes out, for all we know. Yeah. Like. I hadn't even thought of that, to be honest, yet. Like, like that's the truth. The truth. That's the truth. He's, he's, he's not going to be singing for a long time. And. He's got a lot of suffering to go, unfortunately. Yeah. And knowing that and then going through this album, it's very it's impossible for me to listen to this album passively and not and knowing just how fucked this dude is. Mm. And knowing that because he's again, he's not like a Keith Richards where he's gonna do one tour and then, you know, fuck off to the French Riviera for ten years. This guy works his ass off constantly. Yeah. And he ain't going to be doing that for a long time. No. And, you think um, that maybe he already knew about all the stuff that we've only oh, he, he heard about well before and yeah. even in the process of writing this album? He, de- he definitely knew, judging by the content of this album. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Of course he would have. But um, I agree with you, Tim. It's yeah. quite um, macabre and depressing. It's hard to listen to as a, as a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do what so granted before? granted there's a talent in doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Under the Graveyard and uh Ordinary Man. 
But yeah, ordinary man kind of just ruins my day. <laughs> See, <laughs> I give it out of ten. Highlights. I like that. No, song. But in a way, it, it, it ruins my day. I think it's a great song, but it's a swan song, song, sort of song. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind yeah. of like shit, yeah. man. The video really drives that nail into. Yeah, I've seen any videos? I must admit. Yeah, no, you listen to so you, 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 you listen to Ordinary Man. It's like, oh man, the day this guy cock finally cocks, it's gonna be a depressing fucking day. Because mm-hmm. we all just got a little glimpse into that it. That song was beautiful, though, Tim. I thought it was a very well crafted song. Melodically, it is a beautiful song. It's fantastic. It's Kettle yeah, in the it's a, Part Two. That's what it is. So. Yeah. But it's a glimpse into it's a glimpse into the day this guy finally cocks it, and it's going to be a shitty day. It is. Yeah. What did you give out of ten, Tim? I didn't catch that. Uh, we'll give it eight and a half. Okay. Ooh, I don't think it's. I think if it's not. Like quick imagine if you Aussie liked album. it, you would have gave it twelve. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not the quintessential Aussie album. There are far better Aussie albums than this. Oh, but yeah. I think. Hundred percent. But I, I think, think you know. All things considered, where this guy is at this stage of his life, I think for him to put out this album and let himself be as vulnerable as he is in the entire world, I think is pretty um, deserves a lot of credit for that. Mm. See, for me, I went into this with pretty low expectations, honestly, because the last time I focused on Ozzy was when I went and saw them live. Um, and the last memory I have of Ozzy Osbourne is him shuffling off the stage like The Walking Dead, and I just wish they'd have killed the lights now because it you know ruins the entire mystique of the man kind of thing. It just show, showed him really, really mortal. This has gone back a long time ago now too. So for this album to come out, I went in with I didn't really think I was going to get much out of it. So with a low bar, preconceived, I actually really enjoyed this record. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought this was a, a bit of a classic uh, sort of Black Sabbath meets sort of the now. Um, and I thought it was that swan song element is there because it does sort of encapsulate a lot of his overall career for mine. Tim, I need you to educate me on Post Malone. I know him mostly as, as a rapper, but between this and his Nirvana stuff, I'm curious as to this guy's background in, in music more than... He's a metalhead. He is, is he? Okay, yeah. I don't know. Malone track is actually one of my favourite tracks on the album. To be fair, I fucking hate the song. I like yeah, it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I don't know anything yeah, about him. I just he's a metalhead. But like, how many rappers and metalheads have crossed over between Cypress Hill and Public yeah. Enemy? And you know, so yeah, I just, I just, I just didn't expect it to work yeah. the way it did. And for me, it was a big surprise. Not a big fan of the last track on the album, the "Take What You Want." That's the more. Yeah. Post one, but the one before that, the It's a Raid, that's a really cool song. And I didn't realise how well I knew that one before going back to this record in this process. But um, anyway, uh, this does have a very modern sound. It does go into the fuzz sort of stoner rock a bit, which will put some people off. It doesn't have the clinical production we're used to having from Ozzy Osbourne. Um, and it clashes sort of head on with the, the old school Aussie, old soul Ozzy Osbourne and then his energy on this too. It's a really, but I thought that that juxtaposition was really cool. I liked it was the, the modern stone rock sound with the sort of classic sort of Sabbathy kind of riffs. I thought it worked really well. I like the lyrics. I know that it's a bit depressing in, in parts, but I thought it was very, very cool and how you get the mortality of Ozzy, but you also get there's still that cheeky side in there too. I thought that was very well done. There is some cheese in this, but there always is. Um, but I thought it worked really well and the context was there. It all fit. 
Uh, I thought the mix of the heavy and the soft and the guest moments worked really well. Like Elton John in particular was a standout element on that for me. I think the track order kept me engaged. I thought it was a well-done album that stood up on repeat. It's a very cool groove and swing. Aussie still, I thought for me, Aussie still sounded pretty good. I mean, I know that he doesn't sound as good as he used to, but for a man in his 70s with everything that's going on, I thought he did a pretty good vocal performance, actually. Um, solid writing. You got the mix of the heartfelt and the fun on this one, too. But I think this is, like I said at the start, going back to just a mix of everything Ozzy has done. If you're going to get, do a, a swan song kind of an album, this is probably the one to do it with. Um, not what I expected, but I thought it was really well done. Some cool riffs, some cool hooks too. Um, and you get some little bits of blues, like there's harmonica touches and stuff in there that give you like a, a blues bass on this, which I thought was a really nice little nod to things. Uh, I went into this, like I said, with tempered expectations. I didn't have a high bar for this, but I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. And the fact that there's another one not too far away, assuming everything goes to plan, I'm, I'm kind of keen to check out the next one on the back of this. Um, I thought the stuff, the guest stuff in particular went really well, especially Post Malone. I really didn't expect that to, to click the way it did, but it worked. Um, I don't normally go for those things. And I know that some like Dave really hate it, but I just I took it on its merits and I thought it worked really well. I really enjoyed this one. I think that... Um, the Prince of Darkness isn't done yet. I know that might sound funny in the context of the whole review, but I think he's got more to go. I think nine out of 10 from me. Um, Scary Little Green Man. It's cool. That's pretty much a, a staple standout for us. I really enjoy that one. Ordinary Man, just because of the heartfelt stuff under the graveyard and also Holy for Tonight, all my standouts on this one as well. So with all these reviews, make sure whatever you can check out, especially the Ozzy Osbourne album, then make sure you get in the comments and let us know what you think of these ones as well. Um, so, yeah, this was a bit of fun. Does anyone have any sort of closing remarks they'd like to make on what we covered here today before we start to wrap up and, and get on out of here? Anyone got anything? No, but I'm not pee like a champ. Okay, well, we're nearly out. We'll, we'll do a, a bin and a close and then we'll get out of here. Nikki. All right, so we're not going to be long now. All right, cool. So because Nikki needs time out. She's not going to make it. And no, I'm not. I love you. I'm not. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, no, all right. Okay, so we're going to go to a bin and hopefully we'll get to have Nikki back in time to finish this off. Uh, we'll see, though. But Mick, it's been a long time for you since we've put something in the bin. So, what do you want to put in the bin for us in this episode? Um, I want to put humans in a bin <laughs> globally. Um, anyone who has a theory on COVID 19 or wants to complain about a lockdown or I'm fucking over you I'm yeah. really over your, we have to do it. We've got to wear a mask. We've got to do all these things. Let's just fucking do it. So we can get back to whatever normal was once upon a time where you had the freedom. Cause what's bugging me the most is not all that is the fact that if I want to go out, I can't go out because you know what? It's five to 10 now. So I have to stay in. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like being told what time I have to come home or go out or do. That's the biggest thing for me that I'm juggling with right now, you know, yeah. um, is being told how to live and where I can go and what time I can go to. Yeah. Um, and it's all because of people wanting to do whatever they want to do. So let's just stop being uh, individuals and let's be a collective. Yeah. Um, Let's just all do it so we can get back to doing whatever the hell it is. Like, we're not doing this. It's as fun as this has been. I'd much rather be at your place, dude, having a few beers face-to-face yep. -face with Dave, Tim, and the likes, 
you know, um, Love that too. And hanging that out till all hours in the morning, knowing that I can still go home when I feel like it rather than being told how to live. So yeah. it's just basically people in general. No one cares about your theories, man. Or, you know, you, you yeah. can, whatever, man, just stop it. I don't want to see it anymore. It's fucking pissing me off and I don't want to hear about it because you know nothing. You are nobody. You're just a number in the system. So we're getting controlled by people that it's called a government and you've got to do it. Mm. So whether you like it or not is irrelevant because that's what we have to do. So do it so we can fucking go back to living again. Yeah. <laughs> That's my bin. Everybody, get in yep. the fucking bin. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tim, follow that up. What do you got for us? Uh, I do miss, I do miss having tapings together. Mm-hmm. Little, I can't wait to get back to doing it here at, at, at HQ. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I think, yeah, for me, I, I didn't really put myself in the bin because I didn't really think of one beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell I'll you I had to do one. <laughs> Uh, I, I knew I had this coming up, but I didn't think of one. So, uh, me being a disorganised person. <laughs> well, apparently, we're in lockdown. I've got nothing, nothing to about. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, you're so isolated that you forget things. Yeah. I know. I, I, I don't even know what day it is today. <laughs> Saturday currently. The episode's going to get away in half an hour as we film this. Um, all right, Nikki, what's your bin? All right, I've got a great thing for you. So this is inspired by my local bottle I go to my bottle and I get my alcohol and they are brilliant. And I really like them because I swear to God, every time I walk in, they're spraying Glen 20 everywhere. That big sign on the door, wear your mask before entry. And they are seriously all over this shit. As you walk in the front door, Hand sanitizer station. Please sanitize before entering the store. Absolute props to you guys. But why they're going in the bin? Their hand sanitizer smells like fucking sunscreen. It's got this coconut vibe. It triggers me, man. I don't want my sanitization smelling like sunscreen. I want chemicals. I want hospital disinfectant bitches. I don't like the coconut sanitizer. It triggers me. Is it even sunscreen? It's clear liquid, so I'm going with maybe. I don't like it. I don't like fucking coconut. It triggers me. <laughs> In the bin. Sayonara. But your alcohol is fucking fantastic and your service is top notch. <laughs> okay, that's a new one. Uh, Dave, follow that up. Uh, I can't even touch that shit. Um, I'm There's another in flag the bin, moment right there. Yeah, yep. that. Yep. I'm going to put in the bin inappropriately timed protests. If people want to protest against the government, that's cool, but don't put us back in the stage four, please. You've got people protesting for wearing a mask. You've got a whole big protest apparently planned for a couple of weeks. Next week. Wait. Yeah, wait a couple more months, please. Then you won't fuck us over and we'll get back to stage four. We keep going the way we're going. We'll probably go stage three, stage two, pretty damn quickly. Everyone just does the right thing. I mean, people used to bitch about the government stealing their land, and now people are bitching because the government's asking you to wear a mask to protect other people who are more vulnerable. It's not that hard. So don't fuck us. Mm-hmm. Completely agree with that. 
um, might be enticing to that. Uh, the people that I find are pro this upcoming protest against masks and the pandemic and 5G and everything else are the same people that complained about the Black Lives Matter protest. Fuck you. Get in the bin, <laughs> you hypocrites. Yep. Fuck off. Um, on top of that, where I live now, and, and not only me, um, we have to boil our own drinking water now. If that's not fucking peak 2020 at the moment, I don't know what the fuck is, and I know there's worse to come. So I'm over it. I've had enough. The whole year can go on the fucking bin at this rate, but having to boil <laughs> drinking water now is just the icing on the fucking cake. Fuck off. Well, you could have been worse. You could have been one of those guys with the storms and have trees through your fucking house and everything else. That's I did have bushfires at the start of the year. Well, we had that too. We started off with fires and we had floods for well, a couple of weeks. We've got to remember, we're probably going to end off the year with fires as well. Fires so. too, yeah. The fire season's only a couple of weeks away as we do this, which, yeah, is bizarre to think about. But, yeah, the Queensland season's about to start and then in a few weeks up, that'll be time for Victoria to have their run as well. So... Good times ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Eat, drink, beef, merry, for tomorrow we fucking die. I'm by a redback spider in my sleep and sayonara, bitches. Yeah, redbacks aren't that deadly. Um, <laughs> tail, white tail, Tim, white tail. White tail will just rot your leg. That seems what pretty bad, though. Funnel. Tim, angry. Funnel? Funnel? All right. Go to Sydney, go bit my funnel, but you can't cross the border, so you fucked anyway. <laughs> Go find a brown snake somewhere. <laughs> wake it up. That'll do it. <laughs> there are brown snakes. I'm not allowed to leave my house, and I'm in suburban Frankston. So you'd be um, surprised where the snakes are, to be honest. <laughs> you'll have snakes there. No, I won't go there. <laughs> you will. <laughs> I'm I'm not far from you, and I've had a snake in my backyard. So they're everywhere. Yeah, they yeah. in Australia. It's Australia. We have snakes pretty much everywhere. Like, All right. <laughs> Yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there on the on on the uh, universally happy note. <laughs> Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in, and also make sure you're following all of our socials and support those support us by checking out uh, Scooting Stream Printing, Old Colton Rockstar Finance as well. And if you want to give us more direct support, please check out our Patreon page as well. Uh, but yeah, this is our, a different format. This is a, uh, an exclusively online kind of format. We're trying to work this into being on platforms like Spotify and that as well. So make sure you're checking out our socials again for more information on all that sort of stuff as it comes to hand. We're back again very, very soon with more content. We're going to do more often segments with bit lesser amounts of work to do, I guess is how we're sort of looking at doing this. But again, follow us and, and you'll keep up to date. But for now though, thank you all for tuning in. I'm Andrew. I'm Mick. I'm Nikki. Tim. I'm Dan. Until next time, we'll see you again soon. Until then, though, drink up. Drink up. Rock on. Rock, Rock on. Smooth. <laughs> Stay safe. Indeed. Yes. Yay! <laughs> That's all I cared about. That's what I wanted. Yay! Thank you.
the reason why I did less clips because everyone got theirs in that way and I filled in we did the one at the start which is the quiet right one and then I filled in like when I did the whole thing to the sponsors part was the new Blackstone Cherry clip everything else made it in okay so it filled out really nicely everything actually. else everything else went in there that's why I only yeah. wanted to do a few each because that way it all goes in and I don't yeah. have to dick around with it too much so do you know what you should process. do what? We should zoom us watching the Hard Rock Show and do like a Google box to mm -hmm. our reactions when Brendan says a little dig that I didn't even pick up at the time. Yeah, of Sunday Night at the Movies. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> this is a whole Echo Lalia thing just waiting to happen. Hard Rock Show viewing party of the Hard Rock Show. Yeah. So like a, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like a direct, director's oh. commentary. <laughs> yes, yes, the director's commentary. Andrew, you're up. Yeah, forward slash the conceited bunch. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all so fucking up ourselves. We're all fucking glamour. Fucking. Oh, fuck. That'd be funny as shit. <laughs>